0: The Word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now, your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams from the service already in progress. Amen. it's my time. It's your time. Now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. Beloved, believe that. Today is your day. This is your time. Glory to God. God bless you, all of you, for tuning in to this worship service, to worship the Lord God with us. We we greet you, the uh, Your Word Fellowship family, here in Raleigh and around the world. God is good. And he's always up to something good in our lives. Even we don't understand the workings of the Lord, our circumstances, the way they turn one way or the other. Remember, beloved, all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the call according to their purpose. You know, I have to remind myself of that very scripture that all things work together for good. You know, our hopes are beginning to rise when we're hearing the news from the medical and the scientific community that a vaccine was on the horizon against this, this virus, this invisible enemy. And all of a sudden we heard this week that the trials, the human trials have been halted. They've been stopped because of a bad neurological reaction in one of the participants well thank god they've been stopped amen it'd be a shameful god that a whole lot of folk got the vaccine and had neurological problems but i want to remind you don't be discouraged don't get weary you know we're going to get through when god gets through and the lord is still working the lord is still working I believe the judgment of God is still being brought upon the heads of many nations. And when God is through, we'll get our breakthrough. You know, I so miss all of you and I miss our worship services when we come together as a church family to worship and praise the Lord. And one of the things I really miss is hearing the prophetic words from the Lord. I want you to know that this pandemic should not put a damper on your prophetic gift. If God has given you the gift of prophecy, then the gift of prophecy works whether there's a pandemic or not, whether we're coming together or not. And I encourage you, those of you with the gift of prophecy, hear from the Lord and write those prophecies down and email them to me. Yeah, that's right. Email them to me. And we will share them with the body. Go over to God. We will not take this lying down. We will stand and resist the devil. And he must flee from us. So we need to hear the prophetic word of the Lord. So again, if God give you a word of prophecy. Now some of you have already done this. But I'm encouraging all of you with, with the gift of prophecy. When God gives you a word, write it down. Send it in, and we'll share it with the entire body. In fact, it'll be shared around the world. Glory to God. And speaking of prophecy, today I want to deal with the issue of prophecy, but not in the traditional way. And if you open your Bibles with me to Revelation, Revelation chapter 22, Revelation chapter 22, and I want to begin reading at verse 7. Verse 7 says, Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book the words of the prophecy of this book. I need to say that again. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. This is what Jesus said to John in the vision he had of the revelation of Jesus Christ. Then in verse 19, John says, and if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy... God shall take away his part from the book of life and from the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. So both Jesus and John refers to the words written in this book we call the Bible. They refer to these words as the prophecy of the book, the prophecy of And that's what I want to talk to you about for a few minutes. The prophecy of the book. So, beloved, whether it's marriage, ministry, your job or your career, you need a vision. Let me say that you need a vision. And if you don't have a vision and you're walking around blindfolded, spiritually speaking, every foundation must be built with a prophetic vision. Now, a prophetic prophetic vision is what you see by faith. And it answers the questions to these questions. It provides the answer to these questions. What is God saying? What is God saying? What did God say? What did God say to you? Or what thus saith the Lord? You cannot answer those questions without a prophetic vision. So a prophetic vision gives us a, a sense of purpose. It gives us a plan. It gives us direction. And it also gives us power and authority to live our lives and to conduct our ministries. Now to form a prophetic vision, you must start with the prophecy of the book. Let me say that again. This is your foundation, the word of God. And if you're going to form a prophetic vision, you must start with the prophecy of the book. The writer of Proverbs says in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law happy is he. I want you to notice that the writer of Proverbs connected vision with the law. In other words, he connected vision with the word of God. So the word of God and vision cannot be separated if you're going to have a prophetic vision. So where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, He that stands on the word of God, happy is he. Now, let me remind you what a vision is. To have a vision is to be eye-minded. In other words, you're seeing something with the eye of your mind. I've said this to you before, and I want to say it again today. There is a third eye, and that third eye is the eye of your mind. And when you see things with that third eye, you have now become eye minded. To have a vision simply means you have mental sight. Perhaps you've dreamed a dream, you have a revelation from God, you have an oracle that's provided to you by the Spirit of God. To have a vision could also mean you have a prophecy. You have a prophecy. You are the beholder in that vision concerning that prophecy. Glory to God. I'm talking about the prophecy of the book. The prophecy of the book is the prophetic mind of God. Our God is a God of prophecy. His word is a book of prophecy. Jesus said so himself. And so the book of prophecy is the prophetic mind of God. Let me give you an illustration. And I want to use in this illustration the institution of marriage. In Matthew chapter 19, beginning at verse 3, the Pharisees came to Jesus to tempt him. And they tested him by asking him this question Is it lawful? for man to divorce his wife for just any reason. Is it lawful? Now undoubtedly the Pharisees practiced divorcing their wives just for any reasons. Can you imagine being divorced for just any reason? Well perhaps you can because nowadays a lot of people get divorces and it doesn't take very much of a reason to get a divorce. They even have a cause that they referred to as irreconcilable, (laughs) glory to God, irreconcilable differences. Well, everybody is different. So if you got an irreconcilable difference, why'd you get together in the first place? Because you've always been different. I suppose that the Pharisees just divorced their wives for any reason. Can you imagine living your life like that if you're married? Can you imagine divorcing your wife because she burnt your toast? Or she scrambles your eggs instead of cooking them once over easy? Huh? See, I don't have to worry about all that in my marriage. See, my wife told me early on. Early on, I, to- I complained about something my wife made and the way it tasted. She said, well, I said, I'm texting my mama's. She says, get your mama to make it. So I haven't had to say that to my wife again. And thank God this brother knows his way around the kitchen. How many hear what I'm saying? I know my way around the kitchen, huh? But the Pharisees came to Jesus to test him. And they asked him this question. Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason and what Jesus does immediately he gives them a prophetic vision he refers to the prophecy of the book he says to them have you not read that in the beginning he made them male and female stay with me now and he said to them for man shall leave his father and his mother, be joined unto his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So Jesus went on to say, they are two and they're no longer one. Therefore, whom God has joined together, let not man put asunder. Look at the prophetic Vision that Jesus gives the Pharisees about marriage. He is saying that to ask is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any reason is a misnomer. It makes no sense. How can you divorce yourself from yourself? Because you were male and female, but when you came together, you were no longer two, but God has made you one. So how do you divorce yourself from yourself? Because now you're one flesh. How many hear what I'm saying? You're one flesh. Glory to God. And I thought about this. And my mind went back to the book of Genesis. In the very beginning, in the book of Genesis, where God said, let us make man in our own image. And after our own likeness. Beloved, this is a prophetic vision. We need to understand this. If we don't understand the prophecy of the book at the very beginning, then our understanding is going to be skewed throughout the rest of the book. But God said in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, let us make man in our own image and after our likeness, and let them have dominion. Did you hear what I said? Let them have dominion. And before you have dominion over anything else, over anybody else, you need to have dominion over yourself. So when Jesus came, so when the Pharisees came and asked Jesus, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason, that man should have some dominion over himself. That man should be able to rule over himself. The truth is the Bible shows from the very beginning that man was born to rule. And our rulership first begins with ourselves. So God says, let us make man in our own image and after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man, hear me beloved, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he, him. Male and female created he, them. Now let me pause there for a minute because we need to make sure our prophetic vision isn't faulty. I know we refer to God as father and we pray to him as father because Jesus instructed us to. But father God is both male and female from the very beginning. And since the very beginning, he's always been male and female because he created man in his own image. Male and female created he him. That's Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. Oh, glory to God. God blessed them. The blessings of the Lord will always follow you. This is according to the prophecy of the book. The blessing of the Lord is always following you. The blessing of the Lord is looking for you. Even when the curse comes against you, the curse causes shall not come. The curse will not stick without a justification according to Proverbs 26, 2. The curse causes shall not come. And we need to understand this. We don't have a curse on our lives, but we have the blessings of God upon our lives. Then, Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. And have dominion. There it is again. And have dominion. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over every living thing upon the face of the earth. God says, walk in your dominion. You were created. You were born to have dominion. What is dominion? According to the prophecy of the book, we should be people of dominion. And dominion simply means That we have been called to rule. We have been called to subjugate our circumstances and not allow our circumstances to subjugate us. We have been called to dominate situations. We have been called to tread down. In other words, we are to walk on the enemy and the enemy is not to walk on us. We're to tread down on the enemy. Glory to God. That's what it means to dominate. You see, when God formed man, according to Genesis chapter two, verse seven, the Lord God formed man and he breathed into his nostrils and man became a living soul. When God did that, he formed man with his own hands huh? and he prophesied. Life and dominion in man right then and right there. When God breathes in us, he breathes in us life and dominion. And when you receive the Holy Spirit, you receive not just the joy of the Lord, but you receive the life of God. You receive power to dominate. Glory to God. So God formed man with his own hands. I want you to think about this. Could this be why? The land on the hands work. Listen to me. God formed Adam out of the dust of the ground. breathed into his nostrils. And Adam became. He became well. He became whole. Spirit, soul, and body. He became a living soul. Could this be the very reason why the land on the hands work? Remember in Mark 16, Jesus gave his disciples the great commission. He says, go into all the world. And preach the gospel to every creature. And these signs shall follow them that believe. He says in my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any daily thing, it shall not harm them. They shall lay hands on the sick. There it is. They shall lay, that's verse 18. Mark 16 verse 18. They shall lay hands on the sick. And they shall recover. Glory to God. Why? That's the prophecy of the book. God began laying his hands on man. And now that we've been made in God's image and have His likeness, we're to lay hands on one another. We're to lay hands on others. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know, I miss the laying on the hands. Oh, I miss it. Glory to God. But you know what? I hold to the prophecy of the book. I miss us coming together as a congregation. But I stand on the prophecy of the book. The prophecy of the book says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves as the manner some is, but exhorting one another even the more as you see the day approaching. Glory to God. I stand on that prophecy of the book. I have a prophetic vision based on that scripture. So by faith, I see us coming back together as a congregation. It may not be next month. It may not be two months, three months from now. But I see us coming back together as a congregation because the prophecy of the book says that should be our vision. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now because of Adam's disobedience and his spiritual death, Now, through obedience, when we prophesy, you know what we're doing? How many have ever prophesied? You need to understand what's happening. Because of Adam's disobedience and his spiritual death, now we, through the life of God in us, and through our obedience, when we prophesy, we're prophesying life and dominion into man. That's right. We are being imitators of our Father. We're created in his image and at this likeness. And the same way he breathed life into Adam, when we prophesy, we're also in breathing by the spirit life and dominion in one another. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know what, beloved? Satan hates prophecy. You know, some churches just cut prophecy out altogether because there's a lot of silliness that happens with prophecy. Prophecy. There's a lot of abuses with prophecy. But you know what? If I'm going to err, I want to err on the side of being obedient to the prophecy of the book. Huh? I want prophecy among us. I want prophecy to be commonplace in our community. Because this is according to the prophecy of the book. Now, if you're on God's side, then you want to know what is the mind of the Lord. You see, we need to understand two words here before I go any further. What is prophecy? Now, in the most simplistic terms, prophecy is speaking forth the mind and the counsel of God. That's all it is. You get the mind of God. You understand the prophecy of the book. And that's the counsel of God. And prophecy is speaking forth the mind and the counsel of almighty God. Prophecy is a noun. Stay with me. That's all it is. It's a noun. But on the other hand, to prophesy. Glory to God. That's a verb. That's something you do. And when you prophesy, you're speaking, you're singing by the inspiration of God. When you prophesy, one of the definitions is you see that. There's something you see with the eye of your mind. You see that and you're speaking that. You see that. Glory. Now in the Old Testament, prophecy was, for the most part, predictive. In the New Testament, prophecy, for the most part, is indicative. Indicative. So the Old Testament prophecy had a predictive element in the message. Now in the New Testament, we have an indicative message or element in the message. And it's based on always the prophecy of the book. Glory to God, glory to God. But Satan hates prophecy. Remember when Jesus on the night of his passion, he was arrested and he stood In his trial there before Caiaphas, the high priest, Jesus had been arrested unjustly for blasphemy, accused of a crime he did not commit. But as he stood there in their trial before the high priest and the council, they spit on Jesus. They covered his face. They struck him with the palm of their hands. And they said to him as they abused him, prophesy, prophesy. Why would these diabolical agents, these diabolical agents of the devil, why would they abuse Jesus and turn him with the word prophesy? Because the devil hates prophecy. This is why Paul told the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 3. He says, for to one is given the gift of prophecy to speak to men edification and exhortation and comfort. This is the goal of the prophecy of the book, to bring edification, exhortation, and comfort. Do you think for one moment that Satan wants you to be edified? He wants you to be built up. Do you think for one moment that Satan wants you to be exhorted? He wants you to be warned by that which is to come. Do you think for one moment that the devil wants you to have any sense of comfort, any sense of peace? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So prophecy of the book is what doomed Satan in the garden in the first place. He knows that. Remember when Satan... When he deceived Eve. And then when Adam disobeyed the Lord, God cursed the serpent. And God said to the serpent in Genesis chapter 3, verse 14, He says, Because you did that, because you did that. Didn't what? You deceived Eve. And you caused Adam to disobey. Because you did that, God said, You are cursed. You are cursed above every creature and you're cursed above all the beast and on your belly you shall go and thus you shall eat. Then God wanted to say to him, I should say prophesy to him and God gives the very first prophecy and he says to him and I will put enmity between you and the woman And between your seed and her seed, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Join us Sunday at Agape Word Fellowship where Dr. Jerry Maya Williams is your pastor proclaiming a life-changing message of the agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www.agapeword.net, 1430 South New Hope Road, Agape Word Fellowship.